Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Basic Bible Girl Podcast. And I want to talk to you today about one of my pet peeves. And that is this phrase, that God will never put more on you than you can bear. And the meaning is generally that uh, God will never put more stresses and sorrows on you than you can physically and emotionally bear or deal with. This phrase has become so cliche that you might be surprised to know that it actually has roots in Scripture. Um, where this phrase stems from is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but so as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will, with the temptation, also weigh a make of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Now, um, this verse is where the phrase, God will never put more on you than you can bear, comes from. One has to wonder how it got so messed up. Um, it kind of reminds me of that game that kids play, um, where you all sit in a circle and the first kid will whisper something in the ear of the kid to the left. And then that kid will whisper the same phrase to the next child. And it goes on and so forth until the secret has made it all the way around the circle and back to the original child. And usually by the time it gets back there, it's nothing like what he had originally said. And that's kind of what this makes me think of. It's just been misused so much that it doesn't even bear any resemblance to the original verse. Um, but this verse is talking about temptation. If you read the prior verses, it's all talking about living righteously and fleeing from sin. What this verse says to us is actually so much more powerful than that distorted phrase that we hear so often. So let's dig into it a little bit. Uh, first, I want to make it very clear that God does not tempt you to sin. Um, James chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14 says, Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. God does not have any part in evil or sin. It is the devil who lays out sin and temptations in the world. And because we have a sinful nature, we are drawn to do these things. Now, whether you jump off and actually commit sin is entirely up to you. What God does do, according to this verse in 1 Corinthians, is he will not allow his child to be tempted with sin beyond what that person can say no to. And he will even give you an escape. No one can force you to sin. Now, I know there's going to be at least one person out there who's saying, well, what if someone holds a gun to your head and says they're going to shoot you unless you do this? Well, in that case, your way of escape might be for that person to shoot you. 
Um, that sounds harsh, but um, in that case, you would be received into the arms of Jesus and receive a great reward. Um, make no mistake, this does happen um, all the time, especially in the Middle East. Um, people are asked to renounce Christ or die, and they choose death. Um, don't fool yourself into thinking that it doesn't happen. Now, that's an extreme, um, especially over here in America. You're not really going to see that. Um, but now, what could happen if we're going to continue to talk about extremes? Um, you know, I have heard cases where maybe, you know, in peer pressure, school, you know, a kid might get involved with the wrong crowd and they'll say, um, you know, you need to do this or we're going to beat you up. You know, you need to steal this or, you know, whatever. Uh, whatever it may be, they say, you know, you need to do this or we're going to beat you up. And, I mean, I've, I've heard of that happening. So, but again, these are extreme scenarios. I'm mainly talking about in, like, our ordinary day-to-day life. The heart of the matter is no one can force you to sin because God promises, I will give you a way out so that you can bear the temptation. God is not unsympathetic to our plight here on earth. He knows this world is tough for his children. He wants us to ex- to succeed. Why would he intentionally send sin into our life? Now that's uh, a far cry from God will never put more on you can bear. Now I want to point out that this phrase is also in line with another popular saying. And that one is, everything happens for a reason. Again, this is a belief that every tragedy, every sin, every heartache has been sent to, by God into your life for a purpose. Now, the problem with these two trains of thought are that it requires God to have some part in evil or sin, which is impossible. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God cannot have a part in darkness. If something bad happens to you as a result of the evil deeds or sins of another person, God had no part in that. And I'm probably about to make a lot of people mad, but bad things happen because of sin, period. Either because of the corrupting effects of sin in general, just because there is sin in the world, or because man um, uses his free will to sin and bad things happen as a result of that. A couple of examples might be, Uh, A person chooses to get drunk, and then they get in their car, and they run over someone and kill them. Or um, a man chooses to have an affair, and his wife divorces him. Or a mother chooses to abandon her child. God has no grand purpose in those things. Why on earth would God purposely do stuff like that? You know, and even 
people get old and people get sick because there is just sin in the world and sin corrupts. In Mark chapter 7, in verse 20, it says, And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now, if you want to say that God has a plan, it was for us to live in a perfect, sinless world. That's what he originally created in the Garden of Eden. Eden was a perfect, sinless place. Adam and Eve were never meant to get old. Um, But, you know, they kind of messed that up for everybody, and now we have to deal with it. And, you know, let's be fair. If it hadn't been Adam or Eve, it probably would have been someone eventually. But nevertheless, here we are. Now, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. Sin is just an unfortunate, ugly thing that we have to deal with until we get to heaven. Now what God does do is he takes the things that are caused by sin and he can make something good come of it. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Not all things work together for God, period. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. For some reason, people want to leave off that last part. But God is not going to um, work something out for your good if you don't love him. So how do you know if you love God? 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 3, 5 tells us. It says, And hereby we do know that we love that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, but keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, hereby we know that we are in him. If you love God, you'll keep his commandments. Now, you know, let's just be practical about this. Um, Why would God do anything for you if you don't love him? I mean, anyone who's ever been in a relationship ever. Uh, Let me ask you this. If your partner never talks to you, 
never does anything for you, never shows you any love, does that really make you want to do stuff for them? No. Um, if you want God's help, you need to focus on loving him and he will come through for you. I get so frustrated with people who believe that everything is preordained by God, even horrible, terrible things. I heard a preacher tell his congregation, and th this guy has a podcast that I listen to. Um, he has a huge following. He's on the radio. And I heard him say that if you were sexually abused as a child, that God had a purpose for that. Now, don't you dare put that evil on God. That happened because man has a free will and the person who did that was evil. Now, make no mistake, God will make sure there is a recompense for those things, either in this life or the next. <clears throat> you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, why am I making a big deal about this? You know, what does it really hurt for people to believe? You know, God never puts more on you than you can bear. Everything happens for a reason. Um, <clears throat> you know, what does it hurt to just let people believe that? Because it gives people an excuse to blame God. And um, it can make a non-Christian never come to Jesus. Because who wants to serve a God that does bad things to people? No one does, <clears throat> you know, and you can, um, it, so many Christians have bought into this and um, that everything happens for a reason and God uh, controls everything and everything is preordained, that there are a lot of Christians who struggle in their faith because they don't know why God did this to them. You know, so don't be one of those people. Understand that if something tragic happens in your life, um, or even if you're going through a hard time, that God did not put that on you. It's there because of sin. And, you know, honestly, I think some of this stems from the fact that we don't like to be uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> we don't like to be sad. We don't like to be heartbroken. So we look for some bigger meaning so that we can tell ourselves our suffering and our pain is for some greater purpose. But you know what we ought to say instead of it's all part of God's plan? We should say, you know, this really sucks what's happening right now. But God's grace is sufficient. <clears throat> I know that God is going to see me through this. That is a bigger testimony. That would be glorifying to God. Show everyone how a follower of Christ handles hardships. Handle it with dignity and with faith and with strength. Thanks for listening.